You're listening to The Big Show with George Russick. Hey, your Johnson rod needs some more tugging. <laughs> Settle down, see. bud. And Matty Rose. Didn't have enough boobs and fighting for me. No, there's boobs in Oppenheimer. On Sportsnet 960, The Fan. Hour number two. It's The Big Show, Russick and Rose. Sportsnet 960, The Fan, live from Doug Lacey's Basement Systems. Downtown studio at the bottom of the hour of the franchise. Eric Francis covers the Flames for Sportsnet. Greg Wyshynski, ESPN senior writer at the top of the hour. Um, Flames finally back home after that disastrous five-game road trip where they had one win against five non-playoff teams. Don't forget, today is Calgary Flames game day brought to you by South Point Toyota. Pre-game with Pat Steinberg and Wes Gilbertson at 6.30. Puck drop with Derek Wills and Megan Mickelson goes at 7.45. We think it'll be 7.45 on the dot. I think. Maybe. I'm guessing 7.52. Because it is uh, NHL um, frenzy tonight. Frozen, Frozen frenzy, frenzy, as they're calling it. Come on. I like it. I like it. Every game, every team in action tonight, 15-minute staggered start between every game. So uh, the the great day to sit on your couch tonight and watch hockey. Veg out. Veg out. Starts at that, 4 o'clock Calgary that's, time. That's Sportsnet yeah. Plus and account. It's the Leafs and Capitals, so that's a 6 local in Toronto. I wonder how they're dealing with that. Oh, the traffic will be abysmal. It'll oh, be yeah. fine. Well, it's in Washington, so. Oh, okay, well, then it won't be. It won't be. Don't they um, have bad traffic in Washington, too? Eh, it's probably not as bad as Toronto. It's not as big as a city. Probably. Um, want to talk about Jonathan Huberto and uh, two sporting uh Big sporting events that have completely flown under my sporting radar, and I and I and I kind of I like sports. I love sports. Mm. I watch a lot of stuff that we never talk about on this radio station. Yeah, because people don't care in this city. Mm-hmm. But there's two things going on. I'm like, what? Those are going on. We'll do that. Uh, but first, um, Jonathan Huber is very polarizing in this city, mm-hmm. and uh, the Alert. stat you gave. About hey, the the team spends forty nine percent of the time in the offensive zone when he's on the ice. That's mm-hmm. a good stat. Mm-hmm. That's good for Jonathan Huberto. Mm-hmm. They're putting, but again, just like last year, putting a lot of shots on net. Yeah, not a lot of yeah getting it over that line. Yeah, and and again, this so far that this edition of the Calgary Flames looks a lot like last year's edition of the Calgary Flames, where the finish is an issue mm. or lack thereof, and uh, they need more. From Huberto and Kadri. I don't think there's any question. And that's that's something that we talked about last season. Although uh, we, we've had this discussion that Huberto was a lot better in the last quarter of the season and did a great job. We know that they've tried Huberto and Lindholm, like desperately trying to get that work. Please get that to work. Last game, we saw Huberto and Kadri start off together in Detroit against the Red Wings when they got their doors blown off, as I like to say. They were blown uh, for sure. They were blown off in that. They had, they were skated out of the rink, and a team in the Red Wings who played the, the day before in Ottawa in a very emotional Alex Brinkett return to Ottawa game. Mm-hmm. And then the Red Wings skated the um, Flames right out of the rink in Detroit. And Brinkett a large part about it again. Um, he was good. And uh, Vladar kind of struggled in that game, but can't really fault him because Detroit was all over the Flames. Um, is it getting to the point now with Don- Jonathan Huberto that let's just put him with the fixer for a while? Backs. Mm-hmm. Let's just have <laughs> Huberto and Backlund play together for an extended stretch here, and then let's see how that works out and see if that. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm dead serious. Yeah, I know you are. Like I've seen it with Kadri. I've been. It's been thrown out my throat with Lindholm, and he's just not the same guy. Mm-hmm. Unless you go trade, as you said off air, 
Alexander Barkov and bring him over here. <laughs> yeah, why don't you get It's Barkov. not going to happen. Yeah. Maybe I... just put him with the fixer for a while. Maybe a, a nice 10 game stretch where Huberto and Backlund are just glued together and let's see how that are looks. They, are they going to play the same amount that like a Backlund would like a third line type minutes or is that I... a top line type pair? I think it's early enough in the season that you can elevate Backlund. Okay. I'm okay with it because essentially like Backlund like Lindholm's unquestionably the number one center in this team, but like the mm-hmm. way Kadri's playing in Backlund, you, you can make the case that Backlund deserves more ice time. And I put Manjapani on that right side. Okay. But put him with a fixer. Okay. Like, what are your thoughts? Give me Backlund and Huberto and just glue them together like super glue. Mm-hmm. Flex seal them together. <laughs> yeah. Where you're on your boat and you just flex seal your boat. You're just like, like this that. stuff works just in the water. Like You'll never sink. <laughs> yeah. Flex seal. Mm-hmm. You're welcome. Yeah. With Gary, what's his name? The Flex Seal guy? Oh, yeah, yeah, right on. I'll um, find it. Now Flex keep going. Seal. You're cooking here. Huberto and Backlund together Phil here. Phil Swift. Bill, Phil. Phil Swift. Yeah. Hey, Phil. Yeah. Flex Seal, Huberto, and Backlund together mm-hmm. here for the next 10 games. Your thoughts, Matty Rose? I like it. I don't think there's a. a I don't think there's any bad combination. I, flex you could Seal do. Up. No, Here's what I was going to say. Without is, I, I, I think you're kind of running out of options here. Yeah. Is the way that I kind of see this, guys. You, you're kind of starting to run out of choices. You're starting to run out of options here. Um, I would understand if they decide to try Kadri a little bit more, but Ryan Huska was really not happy with that iteration of the lines uh, against the Detroit Red Wings, so I'm doubtful that he's going to go back. We didn't see any lines from our boy Pat Steinberg at practice yesterday, nope. but they'll have a morning skate today. you got to expect there's going to be some sort of lines or something there. Um, but yeah, I, I don't have a problem with putting him with Michael Backlund for a little run here. You can put Blake Coleman off on the other side. You could reunite Manjapani, Dubé, and Kadri. That would put Rzichka and Coronado with Lindholm, which feels like you're kind of putting a bit of a lead weight around Lindholm there, but that's fine. Um, I wouldn't mind seeing that for a game or two, but then again, you're really kind of fashioning your entire forward group to the... I'm not going to say desire. I would say needs of one player, but that's one player that I think is really important for your club right now and starts needs to start feeling himself. Like he had a few points early on in the season. You know, the, the weekend wasn't the, great. the goal wasn't yeah. like some sort of superstar play. He mm-hmm. just you know realizes <laughs> there's an open net and puts a puck hey. to the crease, right? I really, like I said yesterday, I really did not like the weekend that he had. Mm. I thought he was a turnover machine, and there were several goals in both games that were maybe not directly his fault, but play started because he turned the puck over and led to some lengthy zone time for the opposition. I wouldn't mind it. I like what, like I said already on Matt Coronado, though. I think that elevates him a little bit high, and I already feel like the game's moving a little fast for him. Like I talked about with Patty yep. yesterday. I wouldn't be shocked if that's a guy who's headed towards a game from the press box just to watch a la Matthew Kachuk. Which is fine. There's nothing Goudreau wrong with that. Did it. Goudreau nope. did it. Kachuk did it in his first year. There's nothing wrong with that. Just a moment to kind of reset and try and get your feet under you again. Um, because he looked good the first couple games, but it looked like everything's kind of taken a step past yeah. him these last few. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know. We're out of excuses here, right? Like, enough with the new city, mm-hmm. new teammates, getting mm-hmm. acclimated to everything. That's all the things we heard last season. Oh, this guy's going to snap back to being, you know, this guy who, you know, got all those points and was in the Hart Trophy conversation two years ago. But to me, it's put him with Backlund. And 
Put him with the team's, you know, most responsible center iceman, a guy that uh, he just feels like the fixer Mm -hmm. on this team. And maybe those two guys develop some chemistry. And I don't think that would be the worst thing in the world because Lindholm, if you're going to pay him, if you want to, you know, give that guy that eight-year deal for Elias Lindholm, he should be able to drive a line himself. If he's this number one center that everybody tells me he is a true number one guy in the NHL, he should be able to play with Rujitska and Coronado and drive that line. Maybe he doesn't need that superstar winger. Like, again, this is it's twofold. Huberto and Backlund work some chemistry, drive a line, Lindholm, and create something. True, but I think it's a lot harder to drive a line when you're being asked to do a lot of different things than top centers across the NHL. He's always being asked to start in his defensive zone, whereas a lot of top players, the Nathan McKinnons, the Austin Matthews, they get to drive their line with an offensive zone start for yeah. a lot of the time. They also Fair. get to play with categorically better players. Whoever is playing with Austin Matthews, it's usually Mitch Marner, Yep, is definitely a better player than whoever the Flames are going to put beside Elias Lindholm. So there's just situations around the league where, you know, could Austin Matthews drive a line by himself? Yeah. Is he going to score 45 goals and be a 100-point player? I don't know if you saddled him with Rizicka and Coronado, if that's the play he would have. I'm not saying Lindholm turn into Austin Matthews. I'm not saying that. No, I know what you mean. But I'm saying he should be able, that line should be able to create chances and be responsible in their own end. That's what I'm saying if you pair Huberto and Backlund together. That's what I'm trying to say is because this team's not making the playoffs if Huberto doesn't hit at least 80 points. They're just not. They're not going to because where's the scoring going to come from? Mm-hmm. And the two biggest issues this team had last year was, well, the number one biggest issue was, well, goaltending was crap. Uh, it was That's not the issue so far. Yeah, because that's... you can't blame Vladar for that game on Sunday. Nope. They were dominated in that game. Right that's not on him. No. And Even Markstrom's if he has been, a better performance, they don't win. To me, the numbers are a little skewed. The numbers don't look as good as Markstrom has played. Mm-hmm. Like, that save that Markstrom made, too, in, on Friday night pick, on pick, uh, Fantilli was just each absurd. Game? Oh, the one okay. Fantilli. That, that should have been a goal. That should have been his first goal. That's right. It right. should have been. No. Markstrom <laughs> stole that away. They should have won that game on Friday. And what was the thing? Lack of finishing their scoring chances because they still need a finisher yep. on this team. I don't you ha- hope Coronado mm-hmm. turns into that guy, but I think you're right. I think the amount of hockey this guy has played already in the season has affected him in a little bit because all that preseason games he played to, to fight tooth and nail to make the team. Six and now, of eight. I think yeah. he's played almost like uh, like a quarter of his college schedule already. already. And it's October. And it's October. And yeah. I get it. And, and and I'm okay with the maybe sit him to give him some rest. That's fine. Like, that's not an indictment of Matt Coronado because I think he's been fine so far in his NHL career. But you need Huberto to going and put him with the fixer. Mm-hmm. Like, I want to see Huberto flex seal those guys together like you're lifting the three tons worth of cinder blocks and, and, and you just have a little dab of flex glue Flex seal mm. those two guys together and let's see Huberto produce. Because if it ain't with Backlund, I don't know where you go from there. Where do you go from there? I you you put him back with Lindholm because that's not dynamic. You put him with Kadri, that doesn't seem like it's worth it. Like it's working. Put him with Backlund. No, I don't. Give want me it. some Huberto and Backlund and show me that you can start producing with the team's most responsible centerman who fixes everybody. And I don't even care who you put on their wing. Maybe it is Majapani. Maybe let's put the DNA line back together. Let's put Kadri, Majapani, and Dubé. At least that line had a lot of success early on last season. At least Kadri had some chemistry. Because mm-hmm. outside of Dubé, who the hell's Kadri played with? Where you seen some chemistry with? I, I feel like I don't even. It's it's literally nobody. Kadri's a hard guy to have chemistry with because mm-hmm. when he gets the puck, he wants to do two things. He wants to put it deep, or he wants to shoot it on net. He is not a pass first player. 
every time he gets the puck in any sort of shooting zone, he's trying to put the puck on net. So I don't know how easy Carter is to play with as a teammate. He's tenacious and he'll rumble around a little bit and he's pretty solid defensively, but I don't know if there's necessarily been guys in his career like, you know, we we were talking with Kipper a few weeks back and that was my question to him. Like, who are some of the good players that Kadri has played with? What is the type of player he's played with? And he couldn't really put his finger on it. You know, you run through who Kadri has played with over his career. There has never been like a Kadri and this guy is his partner. There's never been that Backlund and Coleman. There's never been the Monaghan and Gaudreau. There's never been the McKinnon and Rantanen. Like, he never had that partner. So I don't know who's going to have ke- chemistry with Nassim Kadri. I think you just got to get guys that work hard, get to dirty spots. You know, I think Dylan Dubé is a good guy to have there with them. I think Manjapani's a good guy to have there with them. But I think they also have to, you know, Kadri, I find, gets a little bit disengaged if he's not playing with players that he feels are carrying their mm. weight on the line. I, it's just how it looks to me sometimes. Kadri felt like that when he was playing with Coronado and there would be the odd mistake <laughs> from the young player and Kadri never showed Kadri's line in the Western Conference final against the Oilers was Arturi Lekanen and Miko Rantanen on okay. his wings. Miko Rantanen's pretty good. Yeah, he had great or players. Miko Rantanen. I'm never like as yeah. Pierre Maguire he, he's would play, say. He's played yeah. with good players, yeah. but when you think of like the chemistry, yeah, chemistry. per se, and, and he was just that was a trade deadline acquisition. That was just you know, or not even trade deadline acquisition. What was that? Kadri getting sent there at the deadline? I, I, it was before the deadline. It was a few years before. But yeah, you're, you're right. Yeah, like I, I, you're totally right with like it's never been a no, Kadri. It, it was somebody it else. was the trade where Denver, uh, Denver. Denver, Colorado, the Denver uh, Avalanche. We plays in Denver. Yes, completely fleeced. Yeah, that's right. It was it was in the summertime, I believe. Yeah, yeah. It was for um, the Leafs trade. Yeah, the mm-hmm. Leafs trade with Barry and yeah, Tyson uh, Barry and Kerfoot. Uh, Kerfoot. Yeah, like they completely fleeced mm-hmm. Kyle Dubas and the Maple Leafs on that deal. Um, Eric Francis straight ahead the franchise. I'm going to ask him: Should they flex seal Backlund and Huberto together? Um, I uh, I like to watch a lot of the sports. Mm. Like I, I like to watch. I'm excited for the NBA. Like mm. we'll never talk about it, but I'm going to watch a ton of NBA basketball sure. coming up. I think we, we'll, I think we should talk more NBA this year. I think we should up our quota by zero by hundred percent. So I think once we, a week? we should do what? Well, oh, okay, Pat. Oh, let's, once a month. Whoa, <laughs> settle down. <laughs> once a month. I like once a month. Once every other week. I like once every other week. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Like I like having Alvin Williams on. He's we great. We do have a professional basketball team here in Calgary now. Yeah, we do. We do. The surge. When mm-hmm. do they start? By the way, they'll be their summer, summer league. Te- summer league. Oh, summer May to summer. May to August. Yeah. So speaking of stuff that's not on my sports radar, there's two major sporting events going on that I had no idea that was going on. Is one the Rugby World Cup? Yeah, it is. Okay. Yeah. Final I just on Saturday. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like I'm like, when did this happen? Yeah. Yeah. I had no idea it was going on. Mm. Like zero. Yeah, it's every year after the the FIFA World Cup. Yeah, and I'm like, the Rugby World Cup's going on in South Africa. It's a great and final. New Zealand are in the, the final. Classic. All Blacks like, and Springboks. Mm. Let's go. Yeah, yeah. I found out last weekend when someone in my elevator went, "Hey, are you watching Ireland and New Zealand? New Zealand in the quarters? That was in the a good quarters? game. It was a good game. Yeah, that, that must have been the match he was New talking Ze- about. He it, was going to watch it in the afternoon, <laughs> and <laughs> I went. I have no idea. When New Zealand does the haka in yeah. rugby, I'm like, yeah. Yeah. When they do it in basketball, and then like Team USA beats them by 80 points, yeah, it's, it's like, embarrassing. Like and they do it on si- ice. They did it on ice. I showed it, you that one, which the, is uh, embarrassing too. They team. can't even skate, and they're doing the haka. Like, uh, just save the haka for like the All Blacks 
rugby team, which is one yep. of the best on the planet. Intimidate the, the hell at you in a yeah. physical game like yeah. that. Yeah, I disagree. I think that if I was a New Zealander and I made it to represent my national yeah. team at any level, I would want to be able to do it. I think that's part of the reason why you do it. It's tradition. Uh, also, um, the pan. But I agree. I agree. The, the, on the ice, it's a little hilarious. It's a little hilarious. It looks hilarious. <laughs> it's embarrassing. <laughs> and I had no idea that the Pan Am Games were going on until I watched the CBC and I watched the Pan Am Games. Look at your face too. The Pan Am Games are going on right now. You know, they're like they were. The, they're like at, they're like the third most like largest yeah, multi sport. It, it's event. in Chile. Yeah, the Pan Am Games. I was watching some oh, swimming. Right. It's summer down there. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, Canada forty medals already. 15, I mean, uh, 12 golds. They're going up against the U.S. and what? Brazil? Yeah, in Mexico, uh-huh. Brazil. Yeah. yeah like the a, Pan yeah. Am Games are on. I'm like, what? Mm. Since when? I This doesn't. This one's not on my radar. This did yeah. not click for I remember, me. I remember when Winnipeg hosted the Pan American Games. Yeah, but it's a good tune-up for the Olympics next summer. Yeah. yeah that's what totally. it is. Yeah. I mean, uh, yeah. yeah. When, I'll, when I'll be paying attention. Yeah. Great. Megan McPhail. And it's in Paris. Mm-hmm. And then in 28, it's going to be ah. even cooler because... Paris. L.A. L.A. And what a great time zone that is for Olympic oh. watching here in Calgary. One hour behind. Finally. Yeah. Feels like we haven't had a 2010. Olympics in... Is that the last time? Last one in North America. It was Vancouver, 2010. Well, what about South America? Because oh, I'm Brazil, still thinking same time zone. Brazil's three three hours ahead of us. Mm. So Rio was three hours ahead of us. Yeah, but that's the Summer Olympics, which... That's okay. That's tough for your boy. Yeah. You don't like the Summer Olympics? Yeah. Yeah. You're more of a Winter Olympics guy? Yeah. Um, yeah I love t- the Olympics. I'm such a loser for the Olympics. I Breakdancing yeah. in Paris next year, by the way. <laughs> really? Yeah, they got rid of baseball for breakdancing. Who's the favorite to win breakdancing? I don't know. Probably France. Okay. <laughs> really? <laughs> I don't know. A lot of breakdancing in France? Uh, I'm going to say, like... All right. Out cutting up some cardboard. Yeah. We go from breakdancing <laughs> to the franchise. Um, he was a breakdancer. He was a breakdancer. Yeah, Eric Francis uh, next. I'll ask him. Should see they if flex he's, seal? See if he's getting his uh, troop together, getting ready yeah, for the Olympics. Yeah, troop for the Olympics. Yeah, find out who the number one breakdancing team in the I world will. is. <laughs> I need to know. I need the lines. Yes. Uh, it's the big show, Rustic and Rose, Sportsnet 960, the fan. Live from Doug Lacey's Basement Systems downtown studio, it's the big show, Rustic and Rose, Sportsnet 960, the fan. Live from Doug Lacey's Basement Systems downtown studio. Hey, it's a Calgary Flames game day brought to you by South Point Toyota. Pre-game with Pat Steinberg and Wes Gilbertson at 6.30. Puck drop with Derek Gulls and Megan Mickelson goes at 7.45 at the top of the hour. Greg Wyshynski, ESPN NHL senior writer. But right now on the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar guest hotline, covers the Flames for Sportsnet, the franchise. Mr. Eric Francis, good morning, sir. How are you? I'm fantastic. How are you, boys? Good. Um, so tonight's uh, the Frozen Frenzy where every team's in action, staggered starts for 15 minutes. Do you expect to get puck drop at exactly 745 tonight? <laughs> uh, they've never been late before, have they? Ever? Ever? <laughs> have they delayed things ever with, with pomp and circumstance? I don't know. I, you know what? Your guess is as good as mine. On the TV side, we always know that you build in, what, seven, eight minutes before the, you know, the start time actually mm-hmm. starts. So, I don't know. We'll see. Yeah, going to be super interesting. I'm excited uh, to watch this. Um, I had a big conversation about this uh, earlier. I want to get your opinion on it. Uh, we know that uh, th- this team desperately needs Jonathan Huberto to get it going and produce offensively. I had this take, Francis. I want to get your opinion on it. I think they should flex seal. That's right, flex seal uh, Backlund and Huberto together for the next few games. And I don't care what the other lines look like. I want to get Huberto going. And I think put him with the fixer 
and Michael Backlund. Flex seal the two together for the next few games. Your thoughts? Not a bad idea. He is the fixer. It's a good point. Um, you know what? They always, you know, the, the tendency is always to put Backlund with his, I call it the comfort line, you know, Majapani and Coleman. But I don't have a problem with him being considered the fixer because, uh, you know, he, they, they just can't find that chemistry between Huberdeau and Kadri and Huberdeau and Lindholm. So, yeah, I wouldn't have a problem with that. I mean, I, again, here we are six games in. I don't think anyone needs a panic. Uh, you know, the last 72 hours plus hasn't been kind to the Flames with the suspension, the loss to Johnny Gaudreau, and then the loss to Detroit, the bootlicking in Detroit. Uh, but but what you got is, uh, you know, a chance to start a homestand. And, uh, you know, I, I will be interested – I think it's going to be a story almost every day. Like when I'm text, I'm tweeting out the lines when I'm on the road or at home, people are going nuts. Like everybody's got, everyone's got theories like yours on who should be playing with who. And I'm just fascinated to see what they decide. Uh, I like yours though. I don't, I don't mind that one bit. Uh, I know, I know you're saying that it is early into the season and that's true, but like Eric, what have you seen so far from this edition of the team? That's that much different than last year's edition of the team. Well, one thing I don't question with this year's team is work ethic. Remember last year they, they had a hard time getting starting on time, whether it was the first shot on goal allowed by the goalie or just, you know, hey, five minutes into the game and the guy still had quite woken up. Uh, this team has started, you know, right at the opening puck drop every time. So I And I think they work the wall really well. I think that's kind of becoming one of their identities. Uh, so I, I, that's one thing that I think people should give them credit for. They, they, they're showing up. I think – a lot of people also worried that, you know, Darnell Sutter was such a hard ass on these guys that the new guy, you know, they were going to maybe take it easy with him. And I, I don't think you've seen that. Uh, you know, Huska's talked about there being a standard. And, uh, you know, and if the standard's not met, um, he can be pretty hard on these guys. You know, and I, I think that they've, they've met that standard in terms of work ethic. What I think the problem is is just mentally the giveaways are just overwhelming on every given night. So I, I, I do see some good signs, uh, but generally this is not the start they wanted. I, I, it's funny, when they were in Buffalo, uh, they won their fourth game of the, of the year against Buffalo. I know they felt really good about themselves. They were just coming off that really good effort in Washington, and everything seemed good, like they were moving in the right direction. Every game they got better, and then they fell off a cliff when they got to their last two games in Columbus and, of course, in Detroit. I'm... When I'm watching Jonathan Huberdeau, it feels like he is broadcasting his plays to the opposition way too early. It's just it's not quick enough for him, and as a result, he's turning over the puck. Are you seeing the same thing, and what can the team do to try and alleviate that? Well, it's uh, they go, the team, the coaches, they can do exactly what the fans are doing, which is yell shoot every time he gets the puck. I mean, it's, uh, you know, he's still a pass-first guy. He always will be. He says that. But he also understands it's been drilled into his head over the last season that uh, you've got to you got to shoot more too just to keep the opposition off balance and that's what I think your point is is everybody in the building knows the, it's the, the pass is coming and so and that includes the defenseman or the forward who's uh, defending him so uh, too easily intercepted and he's just one of the many guys who are turning the puck over way too much uh, but I, uh, to your point I think he does telegraph it to a large degree just because we know who he is and what he is. And uh, he's got to mix it up more. That's, that's for sure. 
I wanted to ask you about Matt Coronado as well and just what you've seen from him over the last little bit. Uh, the last few games felt like he's maybe been a step behind. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Well, I want to say tired, or, you know, or just like, but it, it would be hard to believe six games in, but he did play five preseason games and six regular season games. Now that's 11 games. Isn't that like half an NCAA season? So, close. you know, which is what he did the last couple of years. So, we knew, you know, he talked about, you know, the adjustment from going from 25, 30 games a year, whatever, in the NCAA to 82 plus. Um, that's going to be an adjustment for him. But the one thing is he's in incredible shape. Like the coach joked early in the camp that him and him and Dubé look, they even look the same. They hang out together. They're kind of similar stature and they're both in really good shape. Now, Dubé's the king of the crop. Uh, in terms of fitness, but but Coronado's not too far behind. Like this guy is really built and in really good shape. So, but maybe he just needs more stamina, wind. I don't know. I don't want to sit here and say that he's running out of juice here, but I will admit to you, I would agree with you that he's been less visible the last couple of games. That's for sure. Eric Francis uh, covers the Flames for Sportsnet, joining us here on the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar guest hotline, Big Show, Russick and Rose. 960 the fan um four games for a guy who's never been suspended before in Rasmus Anderson doesn't that feel a little heavy franchise yeah and I, I think that's the way they feel like a little heavy um and I that's the whole reason they're they're appealing this is not because he thinks he's innocent it's because he just wants to get into that outdoor game I mean that's that's what this is all about so just to try and reduce it one game I, ideally two but but at least one game and he would be happy. Um, but I, I think that the league was looking at it that, you know, the time of the game was so key, right? With two seconds to go, I thought the hit was predatory, to be honest. I, I, I saw a player who saw an opportunity to really launch into a guy, and he did. And I'm not saying he's a dirty player, and I'm not saying that this is, you know, this is a characteristic of Rasmus Anderson. But I, I do think in that split second, frustration got the best of him. He saw a prone player. He stepped into him. He elevated into him. Hit his head as well. Uh, they announced yesterday, Line A's out. He's now on re- injured reserve. So it wasn't just, hey, I'll lie on the ice. So hopefully he gets a suspension. This guy's actually hurt. He missed their next game. So I, 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 when you factor in injury, when you factor in the opportunity that was taken by the player and at that time of the game, um, I think that all that conspired to them going a little heavier on him than I, I think they normally would. And that's where there is potentially a little wiggle room because I think you're right. Normally these sort of things get you two games, especially if you don't have any previous history. Yeah, and they'll have to figure out how to continue playing without him in the meantime. I'm curious as to what you've made of the conversation around Noah Hannafin over the last 24, 48 hours. Yeah, it's encouraging, isn't it? I mean, it's. I do think he was the one guy that we all kind of thought made it clear that he was going to go and do what his buddy Matthew Kachuk did. And that's go find some nice warm city where he could wear his flip flops. And hmm. I mean, he looks like a surfer dude, right? He should yep. be living in, yep. he should be living in, in Florida or, or Anaheim or something like that. So, uh, but I, but I think, you know, there is an argument out there that they're locking up too many core guys on a team where the core has not got the job done. And in this case, I don't buy that because this guy is just, He's just rock solid. Is he perfect? No, but he's rock solid. He's still young. Uh, he's extremely durable. 
Uh, he's a good team player. I mean, I do think he does a lot of the things that you kind of want. And uh, the fact that he's kind of had a change of heart and decided that this is a place that he, he would like to stay, uh, that's, that's, that's a momentum builder for this organization. You know, Backlund signing in the summer was a huge, huge moment for this club because I think a lot of people had resigned themselves to the fact that there was going to be a mass exodus. So if, if indeed Hennepin gets his name on, a, on the piece of paper there, um, I just think that's another boost for this organization, which had thought, oh, my God, are we going to lose more and more guys? And rightfully so. But uh, the grass is always greener. I think also these agents are looking around the league going, I'm not sure where my client fits, like where I could get this similar money and term elsewhere. And, uh, and also the, the last thing is, you know, no, there's no guarantee. You look around the league, like I, I say this all the time. You think Johnny Gaudreau is thrilled that he moved over to Columbus? He's not going to ever admit it publicly that, that he probably wished he stayed here. But uh, I think the reality is if we gave him truth serum, he'd probably have to admit it because he had a great situation here. He was treated like a god. The city loved him. They did everything for him. He could have retired as you know one of the great players in this franchise's history. We know the argument. And uh, you can't make the same argument for Hannafin, but at least he knows he's happy here and he doesn't have to guess as to whether or not he'd fit in somewhere else. But, but like, is, is, that, is it just money that changed here? Eric, because it felt like this is just that that was it was a fait accompli that he's he's gone, he's done, he's not going to resign here. Told the team, you know, probably going to not, you know, stay here long term. Like just the money situation that maybe, as you said, the grass maybe isn't greener on the other side, and that he thought that that extra year he can get here in Calgary does mean a ton to him. Yeah, I think I think they stepped up the money, but it was also because I think he came back here and and you know with back on signing and and the, you know notwithstanding the last couple of games, there is some momentum going on with the organization. Um, you know, and I think that he thought, you know what? I do like this group. We're a good group. I like the guys, you know, like he, he is happy here. I don't question that at all. Um, I just think he, he just thought, you know what? Why rock the boat? I like it here. I know what I have here. And uh, that's the key. And so I think he probably went to them and said, you know what? Explore this a little more, see what they're willing to up it to. And uh, maybe let's get this conversation started because I would consider coming back. And then at that point, then I think the Flames jumped at it and and uh, responded in kind. And apparently, here we are on the precipice of a deal. Does this have anything to do with Lindholm's extension now? That uh, if they're willing to give, you know, Hannafin that much term and that many dollars that we think the numbers that are kind of being rumored and thrown around, you think that affects what potentially Lindholm is getting or won't get? Uh, won't they won't give? Lyslin home. Yeah, potentially. I mean, I think the organization would do whatever it could. They'd have to make a trade if they had to, you know, open up more room for Lindholm because I do think he's priority number one in terms of getting a guy signed up to a certain threshold. You know, it's, it's you know, again, the numbers, you know, we keep hearing, you know, the numbers to me, if they get over nine, I'm not sure this organization's willing to do it, uh, period. Uh, anything under nine, I think that could get it done. Uh, nine million a year. So, and, but on the open market, I think you get nine and a half. So, I, you know, I think these are all things that you factor in. And really, when you're talking this much money, and what's the guy's already made probably thirty million dollars. Um, like, are you really splitting hairs over half a million dollars a year? And I know that's a lot of money to most of us. Uh, but, but really, big picture, what's more important? Being happy. And you know, he, by all accounts, he is happy here. So. Uh, will they make room for, you know, will this come at, at a cost of the last Lindholm? No, the organization wouldn't allow it to come to that. But you're right, it all comes out of the same pie. So 
uh, you start to wonder if there will be room, but I'm pretty sure they've, they've, uh, they've got a plan, which would include making sure that there's still room for Lindholm. How about Zadorov and Tanev? Just uh, kind of wait and see on the other two defensemen, you think? I think those are the two. It's funny, all the guys we've talked about, we all wondered as to whether any of those three guys were going to come back. And I, I think in the summer, most people thought most of them wouldn't. Uh, but those two guys, the two, the two that are left standing there, I think everyone agrees that they're the two that are probably the easiest to sign. Mm. The guys who have expressed from day one that, yeah, yeah, sure, I'd like to stay. What, let's see how this goes. You know, Tanev, <clears throat> Tanev is happy here. He fits in brilliantly here. I'm not sure he loves being on the third pairing, but I think he also understands that he's, he's a leader in so many ways that he'll just play wherever he's needed to play to help other people. So I, I don't think those are a problem at all. And I don't think that they're eating up too much money so that they can't sign those guys. I mean, they're, they're still core players. And those two guys are, uh, I would say Zadorov's an exciting player, um, adventurous at times, but an exciting player. And I, re- I think a real fan favorite. He's really grown with these people, with the fans here. Uh, Tanev is just as steady as they come. Like, if there's any guy in the lineup that you don't have to worry about on any given night, I'd say Tanev's number one, and Backlund's a pretty close second. Those two guys never shortchange you on their effort. Uh, how about this for Nikita Zadorov? We know he's told us before, I think it was last offseason, he mentioned he told his wife he wants to be a flame for the rest of his career, which I think would be great. Um, but yesterday we had Candice in from the Flames Foundation. She told us that Nikita Zadorov has told her he wants to do as many community appearances as Michael Backlund does, which is a lot. And that told me this guy's committed to the city. I think he's going to sign long term. I'm, you know, reading tea leaves here, but I don't know. What do you think? Yeah, I, don't, I, I see it. I see it. It's funny, you know, I, he just seems more, he's always loved the media, right? He, he loves the attention. Yes. And like even dating back to, I remember covering a Colorado series in the playoffs years ago, and he was my go-to guy because he just, he's such a good quote. He's open. He likes the attention. He's happy to talk. Uh, but I see even more of that now. Like he, he's, I mean, he's always been friendly too, but I don't know. I just see, he seems more approachable. I think some guys are probably intimidated by him for obvious reasons. Uh, I haven't been because I just I've always known that he's such an open, good guy. So uh, I I see that. I it's encouraging to hear that Candace said that. Doesn't surprise me, and it's just another sign that this guy really does love it here. His family loves it here. I know that, and he has the added bonus of going to spend the summers in Miami. So uh, you know he gets the best <laughs> of everything by doing that. Eric, what would you say to fans that why are the Flames locking up a core that maybe isn't a legitimate Stanley Cup contender? Yeah, I get it. I get it. It's a, it's it's the big debate moving forward, and uh, but but you know, you look at some teams who win Stanley Cups, and you know, in Washington they had that core forever, and and everyone said that core is never going to win, and then they won, and then Vegas, well, they had some interchangeable parts. I'm not sure it's the same in Vegas, but still, any team that wins after a bunch of years of knocking on the door, they thank God that they kept the core together, but. Calgary's not been winning all these years with this core. So it is an interesting debate. Uh, I, I totally understand people who are saying that. Yeah, keep bringing back the same team that finishes right in the middle the middle mush every year. I'm not sure that makes sense to a lot of people. But if you look individually at these players, they all bring quite a bit. Now, I don't think we've seen enough from Huberto or Kadri so far uh, in terms of justifying their pay. But I think with some of the other guys, like Backlund has been their best player, I think, all season already. Um, you know, it's early. But, I, you know, 
I don't know. I think the best thing to do is go through the core and tell me which guys you wish they didn't sign. And I think the answers are obvious. But they were done for a reason at the time. They were applauded at the time. Everybody loved the Huberto deal uh, when they signed them. But the acquisition, maybe not the contract, but the acquisition uh, and the Cadre deal, yeah, 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 Dover paid because he was a free agent. And people thought he was going to be the missing piece. And so there was rationale behind it. And sober second thought, maybe, maybe some of these guys – not hasn't worked out as well so far, but there's still, don't worry. There's still eight years left and seven years left for those guys. Yeah. Uh, they're not going anywhere. Um, or, or, or the organization uses Elias Lindholm as a catalyst to bring in some high end prospects or draft picks. Yeah. To, well, to, to made... kind of supplement this core with, cause I keep, I, I brought up the, the, um, the example with Maddie and Maddie's right. Like the, the draft where the stars took, Haskin in Robertson and Ottinger is like one in a million and it's never been done in the NHL. The Habs had that one year where they took all the guys to and they, mm-hmm. they put Subban and Price and they absolutely hit out of the park. Is is that something that you have this, you know, veteran core, but you need young players to really, you know, come in and, and give a shot of energy in this team to be a legitimate Stanley Cup contender? Is that what essentially Flames fans should look for? Because a lot of these guys ain't going anywhere, especially with this Hannafin news. Well, I think that's exactly the recipe that they think they have right now in terms of, you know, some older guys, some veterans, the core guys, and then you've got the young guys who, who are expected to bring that energy. You know, Pelche is the guy who point, everyone points to the most, and obviously they miss him in the room uh, for his energy. But, you know, the other young guys are there to, to provide energy as well. Walker Dewar, I think everyone just thinks so highly of this guy, the work ethic, the speed, everything about him. Uh, yeah, it's in a fourth-line role, but the guy does it admirably. Uh, I, I just think the big thing about Lindholm is they've, they've gone and dipped their toe in the market to see what they might be able to get for Lindholm, and you're getting nothing in return that you think is worth it at this point in time. Otherwise, they would have considered making a deal. The marketplace, certainly in the middle of the year, it's tough to trade a guy. Now, his, his cap hit is very friendly at just under $5 million, but, you know, it you got to have two to dance. So they haven't liked any of the kind of thoughts that are out there in terms of the return. And at the end of the day, he's still a number one center. And he's his, this organization went over 20 years without a number one center. Uh, I dare say the last time they had a number one center was Craig Conroy. And that was a big debate as to whether or not he was legit number one center. So be careful trading away a number one center because the pieces, the spare parts you get back for him, rarely add up to the impact of a guy who plays the most minutes on your number one line. Uh, do you have anything that's irking you before we go? Look outside. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Hit it, GVP. It's that time of the week. Time to find out what's irking Eric. Right now on The Big Show. Okay. Get a whole bunch of new imaging, eh? Yeah. Oh. I don't know about that one. Go ahead, Eric. That's high end. <laughs> no, that's not irking me though that's okay okay uh, no that's weather are you kidding me i'm sorry but nothing else can hurt me more than this and i i know i live in calgary i know i live in canada i know it's coming we saw it on the fork in the forecast for the last four or five days we knew it was coming but it still hurts you when it gets here because how many of us raise your hand how many of us had a conversation with someone in another city yesterday and the weather came up yeah. Like everyone. They either knew about it. They either, oh, I heard you guys have uh, snow there. 
Or you bring it up sheepishly and go, yeah, what's the temperature in Toronto today? Oh, it's 20. Oh, uh, well, we got snow. Okay. Well, go screw yourself. See you later. You know, it's not, it's, we're never ready for the first one. No. Nope. Uh, the, the only, uh, my dog is happy. That's about it. My okay. dog loves the snow. He's uh, Bernie's mountain dog loves this stuff. So That's good. other than that, I can't stand it. My chihuahua from Mexico is like, get this crap out of here. <laughs> Could You're not a wait. Chihuahua? Uh, she's part Chihuahua. I don't know what else she is. She's from Mexico. She's the best dog in the world, though. She's not a fan of the snow. <laughs> I love it. My God, you hey, you, the lead there. I you, didn't know you, that. You going up to Edmonton on uh, Sunday? Yeah. You guys coming? Yeah. You want to come by for the show? Two to four live on Sunday. Yeah. Want yeah, to pop I can do by? that? All right. Yeah. Where are you doing it? From the stadium? Yeah. Well, in the know. stadium. Outside, I think. Mm. Not yeah. outside. If it's outside, no. If it's inside, I'm in. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we'll Boys, figure it out. I've covered four of these outdoor games, and I'm going to tell you, if you don't bring long johns, and I don't care what the forecast is, if you don't bring long johns or snow pants, you're an idiot. Okay. And don't bring your chihuahua either. Nope. No, she's staying home. Promise. Okay. All right. We'll yeah, see you I'll, Sunday. I'll join you. We'll talk to you then, boys. Sounds good. All right. Cheers. There he is. Eric Bye-bye. Francis on the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar guest hotline. Greg Wachinski, ESPN senior writer next. Big show, Russick and Rose, Sportsnet 960, The Fan.